Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Jay and David. What's up, gentlemen? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, what's up? It hasn't been the four of us in such a while. This was the original four. Yep. I, was, yes. I was behind the glass, but here we are. Yeah. We're back, baby. The OG. We're back. Yeah. Love it. Good to yeah. have you, David. I'm happy to be here, man. It's been, it's been a good minute, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I've missed, I miss podcasting, honestly. Like, I, I, uh, I miss it. You know, I like, like, streaming is one thing, but like being able to just like chill out and have a fun conversation about the hobby we love, it's totally different than, than casting. It's a different vibe altogether. Yeah. Like, when we got to a point, I don't know how everybody else feels, but like early on when we started the podcast, like, I think we all felt like on all the time, like, okay, the, oh my God. But now we've kind of hit a rhythm where, I mean, I, we plan a little bit, but half the time we're just kind of like talking, you know, and it just feels, it feels really good to just, I don't know. You're right. Just have conversations about things we like. Yeah. You draw the listener in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So we do have a lot to talk about today. We're going to uh, talk some Yavin based team league updates while David's going to talk some Yavin based team league updates. We'll hit that. We got uh, mini extravaganza coming at the end of this week so we'll we'll talk about that briefly we got another upgrade teased for us which was the fluttercraft bomber with that new brand new overrun overrun keyword uh, we got some price increases which we will also briefly talk about um, it's a bu- busy busy time in the legion world yeah it seems like we can't go a week and just talk about uh like normal th- <laughs> things not related to but, you know, but just, some just kind of... go back to past Kyle when we didn't have anything to talk oh, about. I know. We're, like, we're yeah. like, oh God, what are we going to talk about this week? <laughs> it, it, it's having many things to talk about is not something to complain about. But yeah, I will yeah. say over the last, what, two, three years that we've, three years, I guess, that we've been doing this, it, it's always feast or famine, right? It's yeah. either we have too much to talk about or we don't have anything. So, yeah. oh, well, it's all good. Yep. The good news is at this point, people have forgotten what our earlier shows were. So we can just recycle topics. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm just kidding. Hey. Uh, but not really. We, we wouldn't do that on purpose. But <laughs> the chances that one of us or all of us would forget that we've talked about something in the past and then be like, hey, we should do this as a topic. Yeah, that's a great idea. And then somebody will be like, hey, you guys did this on like episode three. Yeah. um we were like, my, my oh. favorite is like hey jay when you were talking about this in episode four i'm like yeah listen the game's completely different now man yeah. like whatever <laughs> past jay said does not apply anymore so yeah my, the hardest thing i have a hard time with is like uh figuring out if i've used a title before for an episode mm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah i'm like yeah. i'm like can i use return of the jedi on this one i'm pretty sure i've used it like four times <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I noticed you started doing part one, part two, part three. I did. I did. (laughs) That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. You know, after, after like, I mean, we're getting, we're getting close to 200 episodes. So it's just like, I'm starting to run out of famous quotes. (laughs) Yeah. There's only so many Star Wars quotes, right? What you just got to do is you got to take the, you got to take the screenplay, just mine it for podcast titles and put it all in a text file. Yeah. There you go. Real deep cuts. 
Yeah, some like seven seasons in the Clone Wars. Just pull something from one of those obscure like droid uh, episodes where R2 is running around with his droid posse. You know, I mean, uh, ones that sorry. everybody skipped. I, I'm not Alex Davy. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to call in the cavalry on that one. I think. Yeah. Anyway, in addition to those news items, we also are going to talk a little bit about Invader League. Mike and I have played some games. David has not played any games, but does have a list to talk about. Um, So, uh, and then we're also going to sort of expound on our topic from last week of deployment to talk about some deployment specific keywords and sort of some role specific considerations and stuff like that. So before we get to that, Jay, do you have any housekeeping? Yeah, so uh, got a few things. So let's start with you know you know what this week let's start with Patreon because Patreon is what we start with every week. Uh, hey, we're on Patreon. All of you who have joined us there, thank you so much. It helps pay for all the podcast stuff and the blog writers and everything else. So that's what you're paying for. Uh, you can join at any dollar amount. We actually have another podcast. Uh, fifth trooper after dark that goes on on the uh, patreon and then once a month we do a live q a with uh with some some of the people from fifth trooper kind of it depends on the month but you know it kind of circles in and out and so you can come ask us questions talk lists with us talk tactics and and you know get get some more in-depth conversation about the thing that's bothering you the most you know i think what <laughs> what did we talk about uh we talked about sabine and the dark saber on this last q a so so you know somebody brought that question so um yeah so come join us on patreon get get all your q's and a's and all that stuff done and we appreciate everybody who supports us on there uh, yeah, and then the second thing, Stormtide. So uh, Box 2 is going to be shipping here in a couple of weeks. We're very excited about that. And also the commanders are available for sale up on the uh, on the website on stormtide.thefifthtrooper.com. You can buy the commanders whether or not you're playing Stormtide or not. If you just like the minis and you want to you wanna grab those and uh, some some cards from the, uh, the free. So we put out a free mission uh, called Rising rising tide right yeah something Jay's, and, Jay's so confused there's so many things going on at this point i don't even know i gotta be careful like we're, we've like li- literally become like ffg or amg where we're like planning things out so far in advance i'm like mike can i talk about this he's like no <laughs> like okay all right so uh so anyway so if you buy the commander minis you can get the cards from the free mission in there too plus a cool mini uh made by uh skull forge studios which is which is pretty neat so uh yeah so that's i think that's enough for housekeeping right uh david do you want to plug your stream yes uh so i'm i go by endless on uh various discords of legion and that's kind of what my twitch handle is i stream over at yavin base all one word uh yavin like the planet base like the rebel base um i stream right now we're doing a charity drive for national pediatric cancer foundation so if you uh, have some charity dollars that you have not uh, allocated to any charity, I highly recommend that you go to my channel page at twitch.tv slash Yavinbase and donate through Toltify. If you do it while we're live, you'll get an on-screen thank you. Uh, we're trying to raise 500 bucks before uh, the end of fall. I think our, our cutoff is September 30th. So we're trying to get that, that money raised. Um, as far as just what I do on Yavinbase, I created the Yavinbase Team League, which is a team-based um, 
competition for Legion. It's a tournament. It's international. There's a huge number of teams this year. It's like 36 teams just in in the lower division. I think eight in the upper division. So it's it's a lot of a lot of people come. A lot of people play. Thanks pandemic. Uh, it's like the one upside <laughs> of the pandemic is the online leagues get get a bunch of uh, of um, help, a big boost. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's you know we have Invader League, which is like the big solo solo league. And then I thought, well, why don't we do a team based version? Because team teams are great. Community is great. Um, not having to shoulder the burden of, of the group's success or failure is usually conducive to getting people involved. So that's one of the reasons you join a team <laughs> is because uh, you're near, the burden is less on you, uh, usually, unless you're 2-0 or whatever, 2-2, two and two, then the burden's completely on you and shame on you if you win or lose. But uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And there a couple times. Yeah, there a couple times. <laughs> Hated every minute of uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so anyway, that's, that's kind of my very brief plug for that. We're wrapping up the season. We're currently in the, the, the lower division has wrapped up uh, team lackluster out of uh, Canada slash Northern USA has won that division. And they're going to be moving into the upper division next year, along with the three other teams that finished top four in the um, upper division that is still being decided between uh, several teams, one from Denver, Colorado, one from uh, various parts of Germany, um, uh, one from all over the United States, and then the fourth team. Uh, they're also like a various US countries team um, or various US states team. Gosh, US countries. Oh my God. <laughs> it feels like it some days, but yes. It feels like it some days, yeah. <laughs> but. Anyway, uh, uh, yeah, so that's still being worked out. Uh, they're still playing, but the, the underdog, uh, Denver was considered the underdog against the Germans, and they've, they've won their set. So they're moving on to the finals, and there's some excitement there about, you know, who will, who will overcome. And then they, the other leg of, the, of that finals is the, um, the basic bits, who are, um, uh, they're considered like the, the, to have the upper hand because Luke Cook is on their team, uh, various other characters from competitive Legion who you might be familiar with if you've played Invader League before, like uh, R1H4, uh, Daniel Lupo, uh, Chris Schaefer, who is in the top tables at, at, Le at Lone Star Open, is on that team. Uh, they're still playing against uh, the Cats and Hats, who you might know as, as uh, irregular regulars who are from the previous season champions there. So they're, you've got the previous season's champions versus the the perennial bridesmaids, <laughs> but the bridesmaids are favored to win. So we'll see how that how that series works out there. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's all I have to say about that. Check it out, twitch.tv slash Gavin Base. We've been streaming a game tomorrow. It's gonna be match point in that series I just described between uh, the cats who are the cats and hats and then the biths who are the eternal bridesmaids who may not even make it to the top two this season because they're down in the series right now. Oof. Yeah, so it's going to be rough for them maybe to come back. They have to win three games in a row, I think, to come back. It's not, it's happened. It's happened. And they're the ones to do it, too. They're the ones to do it, too. Yeah, you never know. Yep. All right. Uh, well, let's hit the news. So the end of this week is mini stravaganza. Yeah, starting Thursday. I have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> I think. I think <laughs> well, I'm excited. I, I think. I think it's okay to be excited, and I think it's okay to also have mixed feelings. I think you can be. You can have both. Yeah. I think. Um, Here, here's why. I'll, real quick. I'll, real quick. <clears throat> I get what they're doing. 
I, it's just a lot like in the sketch, it's a whole schedule and I got to wait, you know, uh, it's just a lot going on. I got it's, a life like, you know, like, come on. It's a, I mean, it's you a don't extravaganza, have to watch it. Jay. Yeah, yeah, you don't, you have, don't, to watch you don't it. have to watch it. Oh, um, I know I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I do think like it's um, particularly with all the conventions being kind of down yeah. for the count or, you know, who knows who knows what's going on in the future with with everything kind of resurging and yada yada um but it's it's nice to kind of have like the panels that we had at like adepticon you know and um yeah 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 i, like, I mean like that they streamed that what was that uh <clears throat> we watched the gen con one right david you were there yeah, the, uh, for us and yeah. the in-flight report was what that was called yeah where yeah, marvel I mean, crisis protocol was announced i remember that yeah yeah i'm not i'm not sure we need three days of like 14 hours of content back to back to back to like get us the news but i think um celebration wise for whatever we're going to be celebrating uh i you know as much as we have kind of like ground on their community outreaches gears i think this is one thing that they seem to be have a handle on I mean, I'll give them this. They sure are passionate about it. Uh, so they, they got that going for them at the very least. I just, listen, I love the hobby aspect of this game. But when I see, you know, four hours of painting, my I, my eyes just glaze over. And then I'm like, but they're going to put something new is going to be on there. Oh, man, I got to. Oh. Well, there's you know, also a, a, a hour no, no, and a half long. yeah. I'm not saying that's all they're doing. I'm just saying, like, I think a couple of the painting ones said that something new was going to be on there. And I was like, oh, come on, man. (laughs) You kind of got to seed it in what they're good at, I suppose. So I think uh, maybe to take us through um, the what seemed to be the Legion related topics. uh, So of note, um, most of these sessions are like one hour blocks. And there are no Armada panels, as we can sort of expect. And there's only one X-Wing panel. Um, there are several Legion panels. Uh, the first one is Star Wars Legion Into the Underworld. Uh, step into the seedy underbelly of the Star Wars galaxy with creative director Dallas Kemp. In this stream, he walks you through painting some unsavory characters with a surprise appearance or two, which I assume this is kind of what you were referencing. Jack. But does he mean, see, I don't like this because it's vague. And it's like, does he mean surprise many appearances or surprise other people appearances like humans? Like, which, what are we, what's the surprise? Is it nothing? Is that the surprise? See, I don't like, it's, it's just not clear and I don't like it. You know, I agree with you, Jay. <laughs> I, I just, I hate the slow IV, the, the slow saline drip that they're doing with the releases. I hate that so much. And, you know, I watch these painting streams, right? And I'll just come out and say it, okay? I'll be like, I'll be watching the painting stream. I think it's really cool what, what, what you know, Dallas or, or Will Shook is doing on camera. And, and then, you know, I'll look in the chat and a lot of what they do is they answer the questions in the chat. So like, can you guess what the majority of the chat is? It's people asking, hey, what does this do? Can you ask, yep. can you talk about this? And there's like, no, we can't talk about that. No, we can't. Random other hobby idea. Nope, can't talk about that. <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> Just, uh, it, it just, it's aggravating because it's like, well, we're, and we're, they only spend an hour, which is like, okay, I get that you can do this really neat little wood grain effect in an hour, but at the same time, it's like, if I'm here, you know, an hour is not some, for me, if I'm like, you know, trying to actually like 
get into something, I need a little more time than just an hour. Cause it's like, it's just like, ah, and I know, I know what they're trying to do. It's a marketing thing. They're trying to keep you on the hook, but I, I still dislike it because there's just, it's just not a happy medium for me, you know? You, well, you you make it sound so Machiavellian. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's just you know they like to do painting streams because it's a very both MCP and Legion are very hobby focused games, and also that's generally speaking like the only time that an AMG employee is in front of the community, so they get right. asked questions. Yeah, I don't I don't know that it's like this intentional marketing strategy for you know oh, to just I like do this drip drip drip. <laughs> well, maybe it is, uh, but I, I mean. FFG did drip, drip, drip too. I feel like they did. just in different ways, right? Yeah. You know, with the articles and, and the, they and they know. had the same problem where Alex and Luke would be playing, and like literally they'd spoil like a ton of stuff, and then people be like, "Yeah, but what about this? Like, when's Yoda coming out?" You know, and be like, "Oh, for God's sake! Like, just enjoy what they just gave us, man!" Like, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I in fairness, Alex and Luke definitely were like, would would kind of give us the run of the table if you will on answering questions sometimes. especially alex he was very uh <laughs> well, and the difference, very wink wink nudge nudge yeah kind of, and, uh, and yeah. the difference back then was ffg uh you know also gave a lot of spoilers out to the community too you know we had them i, I know legion academy had them at one yeah. point like you know what i mean so like the, there was a lot more involvement which i know what they're doing they're just directing us towards their media which makes sense and is smart you know like yeah let's have them watch our media to get our spoilers like it makes sense also like there's hardly any there's hardly any barrier to entry in this in this type of marketing you know because what are you doing you're aiming a camera or two cameras at a painting bench which yep. it the level that i you know i watch that i'm like okay maybe they just you know i spe I, I spend my time because i'm a streamer right i speculate what the thought process is and what they've done and I'm sort of thinking like, this is, this is content. It's good content, but it's easy content. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think they're trying particularly hard when it comes to content development. I think what they've got is something nice and something that, you know, they're like, okay, well, we're doing, we're going to be painting these miniatures anyway. So let's just stream it. Yeah. But that, that in and of itself is not the biggest draw. Yeah. And it's, it's low risk. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that that's fair. It definitely like from a, just as uh, you know, David, I kind of relate to that and like trying to put together like graphics and stuff for a stream. Like <laughs> that's, that's the hard part. Like, yeah. like getting the overlays and everything, like, like making it look super nice and well tailored and like yeah. having a schedule, like a, like a very, like a plan as to how the stream is yeah. going to go. Right. Developing you know? a show. Yeah, yeah. being an entertainer and a yeah. performer, which is what this is, at the at, at some level, there is performance, a performance aspect of it. It's not like I'm here acting, like I'm expressing my, my honest opinions, but at the same time, it's like I have to be interesting. Yeah, so there is yeah. going to be a little bit of there's going to be a little bit of elevation. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't always talk like this in my day to day, but okay, I'm talking on a show. Yeah. And the nice thing about those streams is like, really, if you lose camera too, it doesn't matter. Like camera one can still see him painting the mini, right? So it's <laughs> just it's just low risk all around. No, I, I it, it all makes sense. I get why they're doing it, and and listen, I'm being uh, 
uh, I'm being a little negative about the painting streams, but I mean, it just because they're frustrating to me personally. Well, um, this won't be for you then, Jay, and that's okay. Um, right, I'll just but, wait and then Discord and Facebook will tell me later. Yeah, well, yeah. There are some non-painting streams on here. Yeah, totally, um, totally. Because uh, the next, is that the only Legion stream on Thursday? That is the only Legion related stream on Thursday. It sounds like they're doing like a, at the end of each day, they do like a wrap up thing. Yeah. They call a hobby hang very where they finish up painting projects. Um, so I imagine there will probably be Legion figures involved in that, but um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that a panel or anything. Yeah. So the next day on Friday, it's possible. This is a five hour block. It's uh, but Boots on the ground, developers Will Pagani and Michael Plummer score off in a game of Star Wars Legion featuring new units during the stream. Join them to get a look at the options coming to your armies in the future. So um, it's, it's, it's definitely not a five-hour block. Generally, the, the 12, there's, a, there's a panel previous day at noon um, that goes to one, um, and they generally break from, for like three hours. For lunch oh, okay. I was going to say that would be kind yeah, yeah. of... Uh, so I think they've budgeted like two hours for this okay. game on stream, which, which, you know, uh, I think is longer than we had last time. So that's yep. good. Um, Join them to get a look at the options coming to your armies, or at least you could see them if the map wasn't like a Rorschach test. Oh, <laughs> whoo, whoo, man. <laughs> yeah, Jay, Jay mentioned that when we talked about it last time. Yeah, uh, please, <laughs> gosh, please get a new mat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have to say it. You know, you can get some who, sweet ones at the Fifth Trooper. For people <laughs> who paint shop. all the time, I don't really, think they're going to they really, buy those ones. Yeah, for people <laughs> who paint all the time, they really don't know about contrast. Oh, all right. I mean, the minis we, were sweet, just to be clear. Bazinga. Like, like they were. Got and I, like, I'm not, I'm not like intentionally defending these guys, but like, like. No, listen, listen. You know, I'm like, they were I'm bad batch them. clones. They looked cool. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, the, they looked cool when you could see them. Yeah, the yeah. contrast was bad. I'm listen. I'm teasing them uh, because even they said it was it was rushed, right? So they didn't plan it. So ideally, they've been playing in this mini extravaganza for whatever at least a month. I, I expect a much more uh, polished yeah. product here. Um, and then the next day is nine a.m. Oh. oh, did I miss one? You did. So the same uh, day, there is a second panel called "Rolling Thunder: ah. The Battle of Kashyyyk," and it's talking about a variety of new vehicles are rolling into Star Wars Legion, and we're going to get you battlefield ready. Uh, join Dallas Kemp as he shares various techniques for painting the vehicles of a galaxy far, far away. So this one will be right up Jay's alley. I want him to teach me how to brush paint large vehicles. I would love that too. Because suffice to say, I'm sort of feeling like if I ever need to do a large vehicle, I'm gonna be over at Kyle's. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> I I don't know like how I ever did vehicles before an airbrush. It's, I mean, I, I did vehicles before because I painted 40k for 20 years, and uh, it's like, how did I ever do this with with yeah. a handbrush? The only vehicle I've ever painted is this Rhino that's like supposed to be gray. That's just got like streaks through it, like everywhere. Cause it, <laughs> like, it just, it, I don't, you can see some, all the brush strokes. And I, and I went over it like six times to try yeah. and like, you know, even it out. And it just, I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like uh, for me, when I'm painting all the heavies, I rely on, a lot on rattle cans to do to do some of the work for me. And, and you know, you got to be if you're going to paint them with a brush and you're not going to use an airbrush, you got to be really methodical about how you're priming them and everything and, and be smart about it and let the rattle cans do most of the work. And I mean, that's, you know. That's how you do it. My, my limited understanding of brush painting is that you have to thin your paint extremely high amounts, do multiple thin coats, and really just be conscientious about piling up with your brush strokes and like try not to retrace your steps as the paint dries because that can lead to clumping. And yeah. it's like, and like for my, for my Google research, it's just like, yeah, if that, ha if, if clumps happen, like your solutions are like sand it or strip it. <laughs> You know, you have to like yeah. sand the clump down so that it looks even and just like, ah, it's just, ugh, please. So if he's got, if he's got like some like foolproof technique for doing this with a brush, I'm like, I'm there. Cause I want to learn it. Cause I don't want to have to dry brush to hide every mistake. <laughs> yeah. See? I'm with you there. See? Would you say you're excited for this painting stream? That one? Yes. <laughs> Compelling content. There you I was well, okay. To be fair, I was excited for the wood grain on the Fluttercraft one too. Cause that was actually pretty cool. I think I it helps. I think it helps while, while we're doing feedback here to do like specific techniques and advertise mm -hmm. those in advance. Yeah. Um, people dig that stuff. So well, somewhere it's say, like vehicle painting. It's like, yes, I want to learn that thing. Um, and, and listen, I haven't watched them all, but I think some of the problem too is they do a lot of alternate paint schemes. And yeah, I if think, you want to do Yoda and his jammies, that's the thing they did. Right. Like, but I think, I think people are looking for the like, Hey, how do I actually paint like the real way to paint this? Right. And I think that's where like Sarastro has a lot of success and then walks you through all the steps. Yeah. I love those Sarastro videos are great. Oh, yeah, dude. He's so he's good. So good. Oh, um, all right. Uh, next day we at 9 a.m. We got any methods necessary, new directions in Star Wars Legion. Um, join Will Schick, Will Pagani, Dallas Kemp, and Michael Plummer as they take a look at some new units for Star Wars Legion and discuss where the game is headed. Cool. This yeah. seems like maybe the most important one that they've listed thus far for Legion. Um, yep. If you watch one thing, and if you're a Legion <laughs> person, watch that one. Oh, and okay. it's on Saturday, so... All right, I'm on a little it. easier. Yep, I'm on it, boys. That's the one for me. Yeah, so this will be at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, which is what what noon these days, Eastern time. Yep. So, yep. 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 Catch catch that one. That one is an hour. And a, that one is slated to be an hour and a half. That's so. that's actually a really good time for Eastern. It it's is like, hey, lunch. Yeah. Can I eat lunch? I'm gonna watch this stream. Yep. It's not bad. Yeah, I might actually be able to watch that one. Yeah, I was thinking uh, that same thing. I'm like, ooh, Saturday's tough. And then it was lunchtime. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can make that happen. <laughs> Morning yeah. Pacific is actually like, it's actually like from the stress streaming standpoint, it's actually like the best because not for English content, because yeah. not only do you hit morning on the West Coast, lunch on the East Coast, you also hit night, like early mm -hmm. afternoon, nighttime in Europe. Yeah. So that's like the prime, prime hours for streaming are actually like mornings on, on the West Coast. Because you, you have this magic little confluence of time for English speakers in the Western world. So, yeah. so looks like they scheduled it in the right slot. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we got painting droids at eleven thirty. <laughs> that's that's helpful. Yeah. For separate <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, seriously, like I mean, B ones are 
great for quick painting techniques a because you have to paint like 50 of them but also you know they're they're these super spindly models that have a lot of hard edges and recesses so yeah spray paint them throw a wash on them dry brush them and they look great like uh, yeah i'm sure he'll talk about some of that stuff but uh yeah you know i did i hit him with that uh with the the the, the games workshop contrast mm-hmm. so i hit him with the contrast white rattle can and then just put the skeleton bone on them yep <laughs> and that was it and they were like good to go yeah yeah it totally lend themselves to stuff like that for sure and then we got painting mall at 3 30 oh all right i don't know how you're gonna top like duncan Rhodes doing mall that's gonna be tough because I mean, that's like that's like old content to me the answer is you're not gonna top it right yeah probably but that still seems like it could be interesting. Yep, for sure. Uh, is that it? That appears to Legion? be all, all okay. of the Legion content. Uh, there's a copious amount of Marvel Crisis Protocol content, as you might expect, as it's kind of their shtick. Um, yeah, there's one X-Wing panel on the first day that talks about X-Wing's future. It's called This is the Way. Um, I guess if there's going to be one X-wing panel, that would be the one you'd want, right? Well, they did. They did spoil the Razor Crest mini. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So there is Razor Crest and X-wing. We know that for a fact now. Sweet. Well, there you go. That's probably what they're talking about. Yeah, I imagine. I would guess. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's pretty much it for mini stravaganza. I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about next week. <laughs> Thank God this isn't an X-wing podcast. Oof. That would have been thank tough. god it's not in our mind our yes <laughs> yeah. we, it turns out we picked the right game <laughs> yeah. Oof. 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 all right all, all right. right we did get some upgrades to talk about the fluttercraft yeah we did. actually let's why let's hit the price increases first because that seems slightly more related to what we just talked about for sure uh so they they announced a, they announced a price adjustment but all the adjustments are upward so <laughs> um it's a price increase i mean uh, so, i mean it's still a fact that it's an adjustment Kyle. no it is i know that's <laughs> no, true this is, so i'm gonna say my piece on this and then yeah, go for, you guys it. Can jump go for in. it there we have been somewhat critical of, of amg recently on this cast for various I, things um yeah. but there are two things that uh well, there's one thing we haven't mentioned up until this point uh, that I think is kind of unfair, and that's why we haven't talked about it, and that's the delays. Yep. Um, you know, like global shipping is a mess right now. Yep. You can't get cake pops. You can't get IKEA furniture. <laughs> like you can't... <laughs> could get cake pops, man. They really matter to you, Kyle. What's hey, the, my what's... kid, my daughter loves <laughs> those unicorn cake pops. It's yeah. Like anything that keeps your kids quiet, I get it. Yeah. It's... <laughs> They were very upset about those K-pops. Um, Turn and buy model kits from Japan and like international shipping's like twenty five bucks. Yeah, so sharp, it's man. it's a nightmare right now. It's not. This is not a a Asmodee AMG problem. This is an everything problem. Yep. So, um, yeah, stuff is delayed now until late October for like the Kashyyyk releases. It is what it is. There's yep. probably nothing they can do about it. Nope. Um, and then the second thing is these price increases, which is also not super surprising because with you know, uh, a huge demand for international shipping uh, comes price increases on international shipping. So, um, you know, well, 
Oh, go ahead, Kyle. I mean, it's unfortunate that we're going to have to pay more for minis. Um, I mean, but there's still I, not I've GW prices. Everything on this list already. So, <laughs> yeah, bad. but I assume like this will, you know, future releases will, yeah. you know, characters are going to be like 20 bucks, which I mean, GW characters are like 35 bucks. Now, yeah. granted, so, that's a different quality level of those kits, but. Yeah, I think so. I'm totally fine with price increases. I think this was to be expected, particularly with the current world climate. Uh, like $5 a box extra, I think is pretty fine and fair. The piece that like I'm not okay with is like the like Leia and Han packs go into like $20 because those minis yeah you know they're they're showing their age totally like they're they're ten dollar minis like i I, maybe right if for everything you get in those boxes like the ten twelve dollar price on them was fine 20 i don't know like i would i would pay 20 30 dollars for uh a character pack like mall or anakin's every time i don't have an issue with that like if the sculpts are good okay I do want to say something to be clear that this isn't just a Legion thing. This is across the board uh, asthma day. Uh, There was a a bunch of price increases that they made. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I I think they were late to the price increase. I mean, uh, you guys know, like if you've been listening to this cast or the fifth trooper podcast, like I've been since basically the Chinese tariffs, happened i'm like yeah we're gonna see a price increase like it's coming and and i'm surprised it took them this long but i guess maybe just enough stuff compounded between you know it's it's hard to get supplies for for manufacturing stuff let alone ship it and all the other stuff that comes along with it you know so yeah it's a big problem right now not just not just for this but in every industry i mean like GM is shutting down plants for the next two weeks on like trucks and SUVs because they can't get certain computer chips. I mean, this is the world we live in right now, you know, so it just just is. Yep, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't the, no negative here. I don't, I don't blame them at all. Like I get it. The world's screwed up and it, it was going to find its way into our hobbies at some point. So yep. All right, should we talk about this NASP bombardier? Okay. Please. So this is the second heavy upgrade, or not a heavy, it's a, a crew gunner upgrade. Gunner mm-hmm. upgrade. Crew upgrade. I don't know what these things are called. It's a gun um, that goes on your fluttercraft. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not actually a gun, but sure. It's a weapon. <laughs> okay. How's that? Great. It's a Wookiee with grenades. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> it's a Wookiee with grenades. <laughs> this seems kind of ineffective by the standards of like, you know, bombs. I mean, it's literally like a Wookiee throwing grenades out of, <laughs> out of a flutter. <laughs> Can you imagine like a, a Black Hawk helicopter flying overhead with some dude just chucking grenades out of it? Like how effective would that be? I mean, you, uh, you have to think like somebody in military history at some point has tried that. Right. Sure. Oh, it was tried in World War One. You would have dudes that carried like a couple bombs in their observation biplanes, and you know they'd like toss a bomb out the window. Yeah, I was well, they didn't have windows, but I was literally you know. going to say it's a biplane, like by if the analog is a biplane. Yeah, right? exactly. 
I would um, say probably not effective, but terrifying. Like randomness is more terrifying, I think. Yeah. Than like, <laughs> I mean, those do look like thermal detonators. So maybe yeah. it's, you know, a little bit different level of explosiveness than like a frag grenade. But uh, anyway, the visual image on this is kind of funny. It's it's a Wookiee with, you know, with the flight goggles on and he's just got a thermal detonator on his hand and he's like leaving, leaning over the side of the fluttercraft. <laughs> Um, anyway what this thing actually does it's too red too white it is a special overrun attack which uh, basically means that you can attack something that you flew over overrun makes sense yeah. it's overrun too which means you can do it twice um, and it's suppressive which is relevant because normally overrun attacks don't give suppression like ranged attacks do so this basically just means the target gets a suppression token 20 points yeah, there's a couple uh, important things about overrun. You can only do it one, you can only attack once per move. So to overrun something twice or to attack twice, you've got to perform two moves and move over something during both moves. Um, it's also- hey, Explain that to me. Yeah, so- Say that when, again. <laughs> so when you move, you perform an overrun attack, mm -hmm. like when you move over something, Overrun two just means that you can do that again. So in order to perform a second overrun attack, you have to complete a second move that is over the first target or over a secondary target. You know, with the reposition, gotcha. I think you might be able to swing um, overrunning on the same target twice potentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely think you can, given how slow the fluttercraft is. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's got reposition, if you like reposition at the end of the first move, reposition again at the start of the second, yep, you can yep. kind, of, kind of swing some shenanigans. Um, also pretty important, uh, you don't get cover from overrun attacks. Uh, you know, this card basically has blast on it. It's just built into the overrun keyword. Um, two red, two white uh, on a surge hit body with blast is like twice a turn is like, uh tauntaun plus damage level um that's pretty good for 75 points total yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. feeling good about it like i'm feeling good about three of these suckers like <laughs> <laughs> just yeah i mean i think um i think uh the thing that they're gonna suffer from i think in contrast to tauns is that tauntauns can like do their charge thing and then be safe and these aren't safe. They will never be safe, particularly if you're performing overrun attacks. So you either have to kill everything that's gonna hurt you or just accept that you're gonna lose at least one of these, I think, on the run by. Yeah, I definitely think if you're, if you're doing a build around these, you gotta do the threat saturation version or just take three. This strikes me as a three or nothing kind of situation. Like if you just send one bomber fluttercraft in there, you're going to do your two attacks and then it's going to die. <laughs> but if you're sending three of them in there, you know, you're going to do six of these attacks and maybe your opponent is able to focus one of them down after eating all that. But um, yeah. There's got to be some kind of list where these fit that it's like you can do like Wookiees with fire support from phase ones or something to just add threats and just keep piling on the threats and just be aggressive essentially. And just like say, okay, I'm going to smack you as hard as I can. And then if you shoot the wrong thing, my fluttercraft finish you off. 
something some kind of list like that where it's a little bit like all hammers essentially i mean you can get a wookie chieftain three phase ones three wookies with bowcasters and three flutter calves with bombardiers in a list boom um, oh man that, you know you know what i did i did that same thing mike yeah. i did, I did <laughs> I did the battle shields instead. I was like, oh, let's have them charge in. Like, uh... yeah, and then, then, uh, then you get hemmed in or something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's, is, is it, I think it's like one of those things that like, on, it could, I guess it could be good. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Who knows, man? It's <laughs> like, I, I just think attacks that ignore cover are probably great. Is, totally. Is, is my feeling. Um, it should be should be noted. Uh, you can't fire support over own tax. Hmm. Um, that's in the RRG entry specifically, and in, in the faction that this keyword is in is pretty important as far as uh, you know being able to like fire support a no cover shot with like a Z six squad or something seems like that'd be pretty OP. Um, yeah. You, if AMG's listening right now, you want to know a real easy way to get me to buy clones into republic is is make a wookie core unit (laughs) i'm hard i'm hard in i would do an entire wookie army all day long (laughs) i mean that's the big piece that i feel like is just kind of missing here it's like we all just like kind of like immediately went to legion hq plugged in wookie commander wookie special forces wookie support units and we're like I guess I have to take clones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? reluctantly putting in phase ones. There yeah. were clones at the Battle of Kashyyyk. No doubt, no doubt. You know. Um, yeah. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care about them <laughs> if <Yeah>. they were. <laughs> yeah, there were clones that they then they turned traitor when Order sixty six came down and yeah. There's that infamous line from Revenge of the Sith where the ATRT driver goes, "All these Wookies are dead." <laughs> That's sort of why it, he, he of. says that. Yeah, he says that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Is I'm gonna it, I'm it? gonna have to go watch this that. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. No, you don't remember. Oh man, there's a great line in there. It's right before Yoda escapes. Okay. Yeah. So post Order sixty six. Yeah, post Order sixty six. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, this, that's super dark. That's very yeah. dark. I mean, I mean that whole movie after the <laughs> yeah after that is pretty yeah. dark. It got real dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Uh, sorry, See, watching watching a guy get lit on fire with no arms or legs. That's dark. <laughs> that's that's fine. Well, I mean, that <laughs> was justice after killing all those children. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> just just the children. That's all David's worried about. <laughs> He didn't say all those people. He just said all those children. Well, I, I was just aiming at specifically that one scene. That, that the, many, the, all uh, the separatist leaders. But... All the separatist leaders. It's like yeah, I understand the, the other ones, but but not the children. <laughs> Anakin did bad stuff. Yeah. Yep. News from eleven. Right here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's hit. Let's hit an Invader League update real quick. Get ready for advanced tactics. So, Mike, did you get some? We'll start with you. You get some Invader League games then? I did. I've played two. I had a third scheduled, but we had to reschedule it. Um, so, I am presently, yeah, I, I, I got two games in. Um, they were both fun, great games. Um, and against lists that uh, I definitely am a little bit more uncomfortable playing against, particularly when I'm playing something I'm not. Uh, as used to so 
David, you got a. I did not play any IL games yet. I didn't. I'm in trouble because I got to play two by the 13th. I was just, (laughs) I've just been told. So I got to find the time to make that happen. Uh, But yes, I'm playing uh, Sabine with some trucks and two Wookiees inside. And it's, it looked good when I first put it on paper because I was like, oh man, I got Sabine and the Darksaber and two Wookiees. Look, there's plenty of melee in this list. Um, but it kind of like as soon as the Wookiees get shot, it kind of falls apart. So, you know, I I may have regret. I'm going up against a lot of droids, which is my mm. number one regret. But not not um, not traditional droid lists, not like 13 activation staffs or something like that. People people love to like you know they love to mix it up a little bit or they take a list that's like you know known to be good and they do a little twist on it. So like in one case, I'm going up against an AP shell double AT and that and, seems really and, bad for and me. three staffs yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. That, that's a game i'm probably going to lose my <laughs> what i'm gonna do i think is i'm just gonna drive they have like very little melee so i think what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna try to drive the wookies into the b1 blob and see how many b1s i can kill that's probably gonna be the answer the reckless drivers they actually do some work i took this list to a tournament in tampa and i had one game versus the droids where Reckless drivers killed like eight minis because they just kept running over droid piles, <laughs> and and he had to roll like a, a ton of dice for reckless driver, and so it's great against B ones because they only have one wound against B twos. Oh man, it's a hard, it's horrible <laughs> because it's like oh I did a wound, and the B two player is like you know okay thumbs up that did nothing to me I'm gonna hit you with my full strength still, <laughs> you know it's a big difference between having one wound on a mini and two wounds. Oh yeah, at least for stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, for reasons like that. But yeah, um, it's going to be fun, whatever the case. I'm going to have fun playing it. I wanted to play a list with Trucks and Sabine because I think Sabine's great. You know, I, I never really got away from her as a character. So just because I, I played Luke, Sabine, Double Ton, and now I get to play Wookiees instead of Luke with close transport shenanigans in the mix. And of course, R2, you know, he can just get into an empty truck and drive off, drive away for secret mission. Yo. <laughs> I gotta be honest. So one of my games was against the. It was like a bus airspeeder R two list. There wasn't like Wookies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like R two in the bus is like. Uh, what do uh, I even do against this? I, I mean, yeah. I, I ended up hunting R two down after he got out, in, like in my deployment zone with Kenobi. But like, <laughs> I think there was like a scenario where. If the bus just like drove to the back of my deployment zone and dropped him off, like yeah. I would have just been dead. Pretty yeah. much. The, disembarking, classic mistake that yeah. transport players make. Um, just never disembark <laughs> <laughs> and proceed to win the game because yeah. your opponent didn't bring armor, didn't bring armor-piercing weapons. You know. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I do. I do have an RPS and some arcs in my list. I was able to kill the bus, mm-hmm. but it was just like. Uh, I, th- I think he could have dropped R2 behind a line of sight blocker in like the back corner of my deployment zone. And like, I we were playing VAPS. Like, what was I going to do? Like, run yep. away from my VAPS to go, you know. So. He, fig- he figured out what the abuse was, but he didn't abuse it hard enough. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think I got a little bit lucky there. But, but those buses are scary, man. You know, yeah. I, I definitely felt like. I didn't bring enough impact <laughs> and I, I, I wanted a second RPS is what I wanted. Um, so, I mean, 
David, how do you feel about the gun? I know I saw that on your list. You didn't have any guns, I and I immediately—I've actually done like a 180 on this. I feel like you need a gun on that thing. I wish, yeah, I wish I could fit it. Okay. I truly wish I could have fit any gun, like even the even the crit gun. Sure. Because then the aim—if I roll the triple aim, I don't have to put it on Sabine. I can put it on the bus. Yep. And then if my buses have, you know, if my buses are are more threat than just because like run you over is a threat but it's not enough of a threat against certain lists. So if I have the gun and the run you over, then it's like, ignore my bus at your peril. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm going to get, they'll pass the buses with two guns will pass aims to each other. So they'll have, they'll have at least one aim, if not two <laughs> to shoot their out of cover gunshot. <laughs> so there's like some great combo there that I missed out on. Cause I chose to bring the dark saber in a bid. I could have just dropped the dark saber, maybe taken, you know, maybe taken my my gonk droids off because gonk is like if people bring impact, gonk starts to get a little questionable because of the way that impact and shields work. Because your your shield might get completely bypassed by impact weaponry that doesn't roll natural crits. And so it's like, ugh, you know, I thought about dropping the gonk droids just to make them cheap. But I like having the onboard comms with perfect order control. I like having the dark saber on Sabine because you can go toe to toe in melee with something. You know, she's like not stuck in melee suddenly. And of course, Dauntless is clutch as hell. If someone tries to suppress you, you're just like, nope, I ignore it. And then I play my two pip and recover for free. So if I could, I think in the future, I would just bring double gun, double big guns and just abuse just mm -hmm. just again it's like i have the abusable thing but i'm not abusing it hard enough yeah i having faced like every possible version of the bus at lone star open uh the gun is you, you need something both i think both versions of the gun the, the the rainbow and then the the big quad one are are good um but i think doing one or the other is important especially with reckless driver because you have such a, like a bevy of actions anyway. Right. You know, you get your free move. You yeah. take like, and then you've got two actions. And you're like, I guess I can move some more or. <laughs> or aim, know, shoot. Aim, shoot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So like, like yeah. an airspeeder. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, so you're feeling pretty good about it. And oh yeah, you roll six white dice. Oh yeah. Yep. You lost a mini and then I'm going to shoot you. And then I'm going to shoot you with six black dice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With no cover because I'm in your face. Well, yeah, light light cover from suppression, but right, yeah. 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 Or if you're a droid, no cover, but yeah. Right. Yeah. The point still stands. Uh well, I am also two games in and I'm 2 and 0 so far. Um so uh yeah, I first match was against Rexstar, the only Rexstar in my group. Um I was able to force payload, uh which clones are not a huge fan of. Um and then Maul got in there and started mixing it up. So, uh, you know, I've I've played a, <laughs> I think I've played against Rexstar more than any other list with my Maul B two list at this point. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've, that's that scenario has played out many times for me. Um, and then the second game was against a. It was very similar, to like Ryan Slobowski's uh, Jedi Luke Cassian list um, with Biston. Man, those ion tokens are annoying. Um, it was definitely touch and go for a bit. It was on recover. Um, I was able to, at one point he played crack shot, so he didn't have an order on Luke. So I was able to kind of like 
disrupt his Luke timing to force push him into some standbys and then grab the box with Maul. Um, and then he had like a wounded Luke chasing Maul across the table. So um, ended up winning that game 3-2. But uh, yeah, uh, I, my group's great so far. Um, everybody's fantastic. So that's all I, I am tokens, huh? So now you know what it's like to, I don't know, play the game like the rest of us. <laughs> Look, yeah. Mike, ion tokens are not <laughs> analogous to suppression tokens. Um, first of all, they go give ahead. No... Tell me more. Just, just okay. tell us. <laughs> complain, complain, CIS. Don't, don't get me wrong. I would rather have the droid trooper keyword than not have it. But um, there are many ways to remove a suppression token. Inspire, um, you've got a courage value. You know, so it might not even affect you if you have suppression. Um, strict orders. Um, you know, there's lots of effects. There's lots of command cards that remove suppression. You can roll a dice to roll it to get rid of it. Uh, there's literally no way to get rid of an ion token except for repair bots. Um, sounds like you have yeah. an option. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you should bring a PK droid. <laughs> I'm just saying they're not 100% analogous. Hey man, you take take a lesson from the French. They they swap out one tag droid in a B two for a PK because it's yeah. a, because of that. Practically, I think it's their little insurance policy against armor. So I think that actually can work. Yeah, you just you run the tag droids in the front, the PK in the back. Yeah, people aren't bringing ion in large enough numbers, I think, to make that like super necessary. Um, but when you see ion, it's definitely like like yep, I got an oh, crap. Yeah, this is this is. This could be rough. Um, so especially on B2s, because uh, you know, B2s are either shooting their range three gun, which they often need to move to do, um, or they're letting it cycle and they're moving up to shoot their range two gun. So it's super common to have a situation like if a B2 unit gets ionized immediately a turn after it shoots its range three gun and cycles it. Uh, you know, you're basically sitting there like out of range, you can't recover because you don't have an action to do that, to shoot the range three shot again, and you can't move up and take the normal range two shot. So so what do you do? Just plank with the tack droid? Yeah, basically throw one red dice at something or you just move. Um, but yeah. So yeah, it's not nothing, especially against B2s. There you go. Um, I mean, usually when you're paying 90, something points for a unit, Mike, you're paying for a high courage where one suppression token doesn't <laughs> do anything. And two suppression tokens also usually doesn't do anything. So well, sure. hey, you at least generate surges, right? Like you have reliable. I know. I'm just saying, like, you know, ion is the only thing where you can shoot like a 90 plus point unit one time and be big, guaranteed to cost them an action. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm over here like boohoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my, my phase twos get suppressed all the time. Like whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not going to boohoo about Ion too much. Um, <laughs> it's a good keyword against droids. I'll just it say is that. a good keyword. It's a good keyword on units that are slightly less good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to our uh, strategy tactics section here. So um, before we do that, I do want to just talk about. Uh, I saw. Um, I forget who it was a streamed game. I think either uh today or yesterday oh man so um somebody was playing payload hemmed in oh and it just uh i think i think one of these days uh along with in our like strategy tactics segment we need to have a conversation about um 
what combinations you absolutely should not play as red player, no matter what. That is yeah, one of them. That is definitely one of them. Um, and those combinations are generally avoidable because if your opponent is like double banning to force something in the third slot, you usually kind of have your run of the rest of the cards. So yeah, if you see payload hemmed in, somebody messed up the, the veto phase there. Yeah, it was it was one of those situations where the red player couldn't actually score. Um, yeah, like it was just literally too far. Yeah, yeah, it was way too far. Um, yeah. So there, there's a couple scenarios like that. Um, and yep. I think it would be good that not today, but in the future, I think we definitely should hit that hit that topic. It was, it's top of mind right now, so I wanted to bring it up. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. Because there, there's more than just that combination. There's some others, too. There's several. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's hit deployment. It's time for Legion 101. Classes in session. So last week, we talked about basically, like, objective-specific deployment considerations. This week, we're going to just sort of briefly hit some keyword-specific deployment considerations and then some role-specific deployment considerations. So the first first keyword I got on my list here is infiltrate. Yeah, this is a game changer, right? Um, not on a ton of units, I guess. What Pathfinders, ISF, Maul, Vader. Yeah, yeah conditionally on Maul, Vader, Padme. Um, Padme, Covert Ops is on a few. Uh, I guess Iden, Jin, um, Lando's got it, right? Yep. He does. Cassian. Yep, yep. As, Cassian, as well as Cassian um so there's there's definitely i mean we just named off like 10 but that's pretty much the list but but it's not that common right particularly i feel like in a competitive environment but i think it's important to understand what infiltrate trait can do for you and and what you can do against it right um and and i think the biggest thing when you're using infiltrate is that you should always infiltrate behind a line of sight blocker like always maybe not always but like 95% of the time yes agree yeah that was a big I, it doesn't i mean it happens sometimes but that was a big thing when when jin and pathfinders came out right like people were just trying to drop them in the middle of the board and it was like all right i'm just going to shoot them <laughs> You know, so that was it, it. Took a while for everybody to learn that lesson, but we got there. I can start in the center box, and yeah. then I'll move it once and then die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and in some cases, like that's okay and reasonable. Um, you know, there are some situations where, like, you can infiltrate up on the center blocks with like ISF, and then like new ways to motivate them out there, out of there, or something. Right. Um, there are there are things you can do, but you definitely have to. It's not just something that's going to be like, oh, this came up. It's it's like you have to have planned in advance for the situation. Yeah, and even if you're trying an alpha strike where you say, for example, you have like an Iden ISF tactical strike list, the reason that that's a functional alpha strike is because tactical strike gives you steady. So you can infiltrate safely behind that line of sight blocker and then do like a peekaboo, you know, move out, take your shots, and then move back into safety. Because what you definitely don't want to do with infiltrate is just gift your opponent units at the start of the game. Yeah. Because with the defending player too, but we're going to get to that in a second. Yep. Totally. Um, you know, I, I think as far as like 
you know, we, we've had a conversations about infiltrate a lot. I, I think, uh, I forget, I think it was Kyle that brought this up. It's like, you should sort of view infiltrate in a lot of scenarios as like scout three, like as far as like how it works, like you shouldn't be like trying to like infiltrate next to their deployment zone, unless you feel really confident, um, and know what you're doing. And, and I, I just like that you really got to hit that, I think, and, and understand that you, you can't gamble with infiltrate. You're going to lose every time. I mean, you can, but there are extremely rare and specific situations where you want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing besides location with infiltrate is timing. Uh, you basically want to drop them first or last. I don't feel like there's really that much of an in-between. Uh, if you're dropping them first, it generally means you have like a very specific spot in mind for them that you don't want your opponent to hedge. And then just generally dropping them last has a lot of advantages. Um, it uh, You're hiding information from your opponent. So until your infiltrate unit is on the table, every time your opponent deploys something, they have to kind of plan for like every possible hypothetical location of your infiltrating unit, um, which restricts their deployment options usually, uh, especially like putting units on flanks and stuff is a little bit dangerous if if your opponent has infiltrating units. Um, and then of course you also get to see where your opponent puts their dangerous units. So, you know, there are a lot of units in particular that can kind of get around those line of sight blockers pretty easily. So if your opponent has like scouting party or they have speeders, or they have their own infiltrators, uh, it might not necessarily be safe to just do like a first drop infiltrate behind a line of sight blocker because your opponent might have units that can kind of just bypass it on the first turn, and then you still lose your unit anyway, even though they're behind the line of sight blocker. So, Yeah, I think it's in like using them more as uh, just like a monkey wrench. Like, I really like that, right? Like, you know, it, when you do the infiltrate, it's just kind of making your opponent question how they're going to approach whatever the objective is or whatever, you know, the movement they were going to make, right? And that's what the infiltrators really are, are designed to do. So, yeah, yeah I, th I think most infiltration units are. Uh, like outside of an Iden ISF unit uh, uh, list, which is a little tax strike deal, which is a little different. Um, it's more about projecting threat, right? Much of the time, um, to, to your point, Shay. And, and I think, you know, the more it sometimes just being able to say, I can do this, as opposed to like actually doing it is enough to change the game substantially. So. Yeah. Your opponent like has to imagine what you could do. Yeah. Yeah. And then you then you have like this, you just have this thing that you hold over him. So like, especially when you add activate as well, like say you have an 11 activation Cassian, right? Your opponent deploys all his stuff. And then it's like, well, you had to deploy thinking that I could deploy Cassian in sniper mode potentially to like say hi to strike team or that, you know, you, you thought I could deploy him over here. So you had to like alter your deployment to, to scoot me away. So that I couldn't do this one strong move that you thought I could do. Uh, there's a lot of that sort of like you're you kind of get in your opponent's head a little bit. Um, as red, you know, or as the other player, I mean, uh, you have to like think about all those combinations that, that your opponent can do, even if you're not thinking about it. 
because you know you never know when your opponent sees that move you know maybe maybe they weren't thinking about something and then like as you deploy they're like oh he left this open now i can put my infiltrator there yeah and that's really the strength i think overall Yep, it definitely takes some practice. I think like when June and Pathfinders first came out, it was probably six or seven games of using him before I felt like I was had some degree of competence to my infiltrating decisions. So all right, scouting party is the next keyword on my list here. Mm, mm. I'm gonna be honest. Uh moving from Rex to Kenobi, this is the probably the biggest thing i miss uh like rex is great take that clankers is great uh call me captain is great but the thing that i feel like every game i'm like damn i really wish i had scouting party it's like uh yeah it just um so it's it saves you actions at the beginning of the game right like it's basic it's two speed two moves most of the time i mean it's only on rex so it's always two speed two moves basically and um it allows you to set up like turn one fire supports and and you're the amount of times that i've like caught an unprepared opponent with like I'm going to scout up my, my Z6 squad and my five squad. They're both going to get orders on turn one. I'm going to play ambush and then I'm going to like pull somebody out of the bag and fire support into this unit that they were not ready for. Um, has won me a lot of games. Um, yeah, it's a super strong ability. I think one of the things that like on its face, I think it's, you kind of have to think about it as uh it kind of empties the clone deployment zone and allows you to ball up a lot better is one of the things that I've found is like a lot of times as a clone player, there's like uh, a circle that's like four inches in radius from a given point that you want to put like your whole army in and without scouting party, that's really hard to do. Um, and uh, cause basically what you do is you scout up and then you, Put units that you deployed where the units that scouted were um so it just frees up a ton of room in your deployment zone uh, yeah there's just so many tactical options with this i the amount of times that i've like popped a bane token with scouting party like the first few times kyle played bane against me I, he would like put a bane token like range two away from well, maybe not range two but close enough that i would like scouting party and like cohere dude forward and like pop the bane token and deployment um there's just like weird things you can do with it like that yeah i stopped putting cad bane himself anywhere near the deployment zone when i'm playing against rex learned that lesson pretty quickly so yeah that's also great yeah um yeah no it's it's just super flexible it's it's decidedly not the same as just having like two units with scout two because you get to you get to add scout two to two units after those units have deployed and you get to do it on two units of your choice right yeah. so it's there's there's some there's a lot of flexibility and also kind of like deception involved in it because you're not just deploying two units and then moving them you're redeploying two units basically so mm -hmm. 
similar to infiltrate right you're you're totally your information gaming your opponent into, yep. into like the scenario where it's like okay now i have the information that i need to act with confidence right and your opponent has to think look man well, i guess you could scout that i guess you could scout that i guess you could scout this other thing so your your opponent is always guessing like what's he gonna do yep yeah and, then, and go ahead no i was gonna say like also the whole like scouting party with like r2d2 potentially to scoot him scouting party the hostage carrier <laughs> you can do all kinds of goofy stuff about objectives, you know, it gets, gets you that much closer to a center box. For example, there's all kinds of consequential stuff that, that the scouting party move can do that you have to be aware of. Yeah. It's a game changer. It's, I think after playing Rex for as long as I did, it's like the primary thing that makes him good. Like it, it augments all the other abilities. It makes take back clankers, even like scouting party is what sets up take back clankers often. Right. It's, it's, Yep. You're able to basically get two moves off the jump plus an aim plus range four. And that pretty much should touch everything on the board. And it does. Um, and yeah, it's just, yeah. Uh, I would, I would talk about things other than Rex, but this keyword is not anywhere else. So it's not really relevant. Um. <laughs> yeah. There's very few keywords that are just literally on one unit and that's it. Yeah, it's like, you know, compels on Krennic. I guess it's on, what, DTF too, but that's yeah. not really a thing. So Nobody really takes DTF. Yeah. 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 Um, it's very unique. I guess we can also talk about Scout. I think this is just the same thing, but to a slightly lesser degree. I think you lose a lot of the flexibility with just Scout. Like, the yeah. primary thing behind Scouting Party is, like you said, like, you're able to kind of throw rex down last and redeploy and scout you kind of have to make that important decision you know yeah but scout i mean we i guess we don't talk about him as much anymore and maybe it's just because at least for us we play him all the time but right like scout with snipers is is big right and then trying to and making sure you're putting them in a place and not you, you know, with all of these infiltrate scouting parties, scout, like it's, it's all about placing them in a place to punish your opponent, but not punish yourself at the same time. And I would say that they all suffer both the strengths and weaknesses of that. Right. So. Yeah, I think um, of the things on this list, scout is the best at dealing with infiltrate um, as far as you can kind of, you know, infiltrate, you can only infiltrate up to range three away from, uh, or rather, you have to be at least range three away from an enemy unit. If you like, you can use scout to basically control where your opponent can infiltrate, um, as well as like funky cohesion that you wouldn't do otherwise. Um, sometimes you'll like scout and then like cohere forward so that they can't, you know, do something wonky with their ISF or whatever. Um, you know, it's it's a solid keyword. You know, it at minimum it's saving you a move action over the course of the game. Yep, for sure. I mean, there's a reason that recon intel is such a popular upgrade. Yeah, we should also point out that um, Scout Three. This was a popular use. Scout Three used to be one of those things where you could just move up to the evaporator, for example, and you just start in contact with it. Yeah. Something, something that a lot of people remember is that if you're if you're measured properly, you cannot get to objectives that are outside range one 
of your deployment zone in a single move. Yep. Like that just shouldn't happen because of the measurements. But sometimes I see it happening in games where it's like, oh, I'll take one move and I'll just do this. But that's because it's been slightly mismeasured. Yep. But um, Scout yep. 3 is the only thing that should be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, Scout Scout two to Scout three is a pretty significant upgrade. Definitely for that reason. Well, and it should be I think noted that like Scout one and Scout two allow you to only take one move to most objectives as opposed to two, right? Like you said, David, if mm-hmm. you don't have Scout at all, it, you should like it should be two moves to base evaporator, right? Correct. Whereas if you have the Scout keyword, you know, you it's one move. It's you you can you can tap it on the first turn, and that's a big deal. You know, I am often tapping VAPs or picking up. Uh, hostage, uh, not hostage, recover boxes with strike teams all the time. Yep. You know, and then there's the old, um, what's the old trick where you have Sabine right on the corner of the panhandle deployment on recover and scout one plus the speed three puts you in base with the box. So that's something that's good to know, but you, you need a direct shot. That's, it's not guaranteed. You need a direct shot to make that happen. Yeah, or something where like jump can get you there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Boba can do that too. Um, yep. Less good at it, but he can. <laughs> yeah, these are things that were more relevant when those were top top of the tier. Yeah, Sabine still kind of up there. Boba not so much. <laughs> I remember the days when you could you could like do that on Boba in a recovery game and feel good about it. They those games don't exist anymore. Yeah, they don't right? exist anymore. <laughs> oh. Now you put a Mandalorian out there and you're just like, well. Uh, hopefully, I don't lose my 140 point hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those the, those of you that go back and listen to our old episodes, we we were fans of Boba Fett in the beginning. He was great. He, I he played was, a ton of Boba Fett. Yeah. yeah, he he was an amazing. I mean, he he was like a top tier unit. I mean, I know that's he was, what I'm just he was saying. In Luke Cook's winning worlds list. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's how things change, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, worth noting that Scout stacks generally like if you yeah. get scout from multiple sources so if you've got recon intel and it's on advanced positions you can scout two instead of scout one um you know vader on advanced positions scout two etc so uh i think it should be i don't know if we touched on this but combining scout and infiltrate together is a particularly yep. nasty combination um you know particularly on close range units the old Vistan uh, coordinated bombardment uplink. Yeah. That play was really fun. <laughs> Went back when Wonder Twins was a thing. Yeah. And I mean, there's just some like things that you can do with it where you can really, if you combine infiltrate and scout, you can catch your opponent kind of flat footed yep. quickly, you know? Um, so just something to be aware of. All right, should we hit the brand new reinforcements keyword? Sure. What does that do? Uh, it basically lets you wait until your opponents are done to deploy. Oh, so even, even more information gathering. Yeah. I, I think if this was, like, we've said this a couple of times now, but the only, it, this appears on two places. Uh, the, you can divulge it off the SuperTAC command card and give it to, I think, three, three is it three units? It's two it's or it's three. three. I think it's three. Um, and the other place is it's on one of the named command, super attack commanders, and I don't remember which it is. I think yeah, generally, yeah, ge- generally speaking, uh, I think 
in a vacuum, reinforcements is an amazing keyword. I think where it's currently placed, it's kind of a non-keyword in that you can do that anyways because you're playing separatists um, to some degree. It allows you to play lower activation separatist lists and still place your stuff last. Yeah, which is helpful. Um, yeah. I, I think... You know, I think you'll see this most on strike teams, BX strike teams. Because uh, those, are, those are the things you're kind of slightly more likely to have in a lower activation um, droid list that you want to actually take advantage of this with. Um, so, yeah. So you're saying, you're saying it's a little bit of a non-bow right now? Just a little bit where it's currently positioned. It's it's a great keyword. Yeah, like, I imagine. You know, I I mean, uh, the amount of people that I hear like harp on like the darkness descends, Vader deploys last thing, um, like uh, unless you were deploying him absolutely first, I would be deploying him last anyways. You know, um, so. Uh, being able to like get all of the literally have all of the information before you have to make decisions is incredibly powerful yeah. Yeah. if you could deploy vader first though you'd probably just put him behind the best line of sight blocker as close as possible to your opponent's, opponent's deployment zone anyway it would be cheesy as hell yeah it'd be, if, if it'd be, yeah, it'd be really <laughs> dumb if that clause wasn't there just 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 to address the whole i have to wait so i don't get the best infiltrate it's like yes you do because it I mean, would be utterly silly. Maul can do that, but Maul, Maul is also does not hold a candle to Vader once he's like in there swinging his lightsaber. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, Maul needs he's help. Still, still pretty good at it. No, I'm not saying he needs help. No, I'm just saying like. No, no, I mean he needs help from like other other sources. Sometimes like he needs bolster, or he needs a dodge token, or he needs some extra thing. He's he's very squishy. His, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. His uh. His his unique advantage is that he can do what you just described, which is deploy super forward if right. necessary. Yeah. And then get punched out by stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I think it's but yeah. I think every time I've had Maul die, almost every time, it's been punching. Yeah. He's been punched to death. Like probably eighty percent of the time Maul dies. It's via fisticuffs with like not even like a melee unit, just you know, stormtroopers or I've had him punched out by a rebel officer before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man, officers can never close. That's the worst. <laughs> well, I closed with him. I'm like, I'll be safe here. And then the officer was like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> officer's like, lights out, buddy. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um anyway. Uh yeah. Uh bombs is a is a is a item on here, units with bombs. I guess that would be Sabs, Sabine, and Orbosk. Yeah, uh, I put this on the list just because I do think that um, if your opponent's armies, this is specifically if your opponent has units with um, thing, basically area attacks, uh, your deployment, I think, changes a little bit or probably should. You know, it, you definitely, lists that need to worry about this the most are probably clones and droids, right? They tend to clump the most. Um, and you need to just spread out, like make it so they can't hit your whole army with a bomb, you know, um, even like a one sab strike team, 
getting in there and hitting 10 units with a bomb is game deciding sometimes. So it really can be like, heck, even three units with a bomb can be game deciding. Look, I'll just give an example. You know, you can, this is a beat story essentially. Um, I had my Sabine explode really late and uh, she put it on, she could only catch like, like three units. And I was like, okay, well, I got to get double blanks on this guy because that can remove an activation for KP. And guess what? The dice gave me everything I wanted. So it's a good, it's, you know, in a sense, it's a good beat, but you have to be like aware of this, uh, aware that these beats can happen. And it's just like, like you say, Mike, spreading out is important, but sometimes just the very fact of like what you have to do, sometimes you just end up punished by the fact that you played droids or the fact that you played clones, just part of the faction. You know, and even if you get, even if three units get hit, it can still be game deciding. Yeah. You know, and so maybe this is why bombs are just like really strong because it's like, there's, you can't really stop them, right? There's nothing you can do except like try to not be there. But Sabine can just explode off of her free move. So there's the, once she drops it, there's no escape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, they're very, they're very uninteractive. Yes. They're, they're generally, with the exception of Sabine and Bosk, uh, and even really in Bosk's case, they're on, they're on units that are fragile and have difficulty closing. Yes. Which kind of offsets that issue. But yeah, if the, the mechanic itself, you know, you drop the bomb, it's there forever. There's no way to get rid of it. Your counter, if you have to go there, is just to hope that your defense dice hold up. Like, that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe take some dodge tokens. Yeah, take a dodge uh, token so, and walk walk forward and hope yeah. it doesn't crit you. Yep. Uh, all right. Speaking of bombs, Cad Bane. Yeah. This is something I think is unsolved. Okay. As far as like, I don't think we have found any one player that has figured out how to make Cad Bane's uh, what's I don't know, what's this three fifth called? I make the uh, rules now. I make I make the rules now. Card yeah. like really intrinsically to play it so that it like mind games people properly. Maybe it's not a thing. I don't know. I put it on a list. Cadbane basically has like infiltrate plus because of this card, um, and there's a lot of crazy things with it. But also something you need to be aware of, kind of at the jump in deployment. Yeah, I think the biggest mistake, like there's, it's it's not super clear what you're supposed to do, but it's definitely pretty clear what you are not supposed to do. And putting putting the token that has Cad Bane on it, um, like somewhere where your opponent can scout and flip it, is real bad because you have to play this three pip on turn one. So then your opponent can just play two pip and plaster Cad Bane. And like any unit with danger sense, he's most vulnerable the first time you shoot him. So you want to try and avoid that whenever possible. Um, my rule of thumb with Bane tokens is to just not be too cheeky with Bane's location. Uh, like if if you want to have like two possible areas where it's like behind a line of sight blocker in a safe spot and you're trying to hide where he is, you know, use use the Bane token and then use the nothing token as the other one and then just put the bomb somewhere obvious like okay fine whatever um 
the bomb is nothing really to count on for like killing a unit because your opponent has to walk into it. Um, so yeah, I, I would just wouldn't get too cheeky with it. The most important token is the one where Cad Bane shows up. And you should generally follow the same rules for infiltrating there. Is your most important rule is that you don't want to have him die in the first turn. So put it somewhere relatively safe. If you're playing like a game of recover and you want to get silly and just put all the Bane tokens next to <laughs> Mox, I guess you could do that. Um, but you, you know, you got to be super careful because it's. If your opponent can contact those on the first turn and flip Bane over, then you could be in trouble and you could just lose them. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. Be cautious, I guess, is the shorthand advice here. And don't try and get too cheeky with the tokens. Uh, R2. Ooh, oh, the God. spiciest of spice. This is the end of the keyword specific. This is more of a unit specific tag. Yeah. But I figured we could just have our own section on r2d2 here oh boy <laughs> well you're, you're saying oh boy why is, it, is this the r2d2 should be 60 points club no <laughs> this is this is i'm walking to this conversation this is the ban r2 club i don't think he's that bad okay hang on let's let's frame let's frame this discussion okay right? <laughs> because we we are in the we are in the deployment tactics section. Sure. So as much as I would love to rant about R2, um, let's keep this to if you have R2, where do you put them? And if your opponent has R2, how does that affect your deployment decisions? Okay. Well, if you have R2, put them as far away from your army as your opponent's army as possible. It seems to be one strategy. So if you get like battle lines or something. And you try to like bait your opponent into deploying near you so you can put R2 on the opposite side of the board or whatever whatever side of the board your opponent didn't go to, you just put R2 there. So I think like battle lines, disarray, those are like the the big R2 deployments. Hemmed in as blue specifically is also a big one because you can force your opponent to split their army potentially to try to deal with him. If your opponent has R2-D2, deploying your R2 last is advantageous, I think. Yeah. I sort of feel like deploying R2 last is generally kind of, we, we've talked a lot today about um, like projecting threat or just mm -hmm. like being like this thing could happen. And, yeah. you know, if you wait until last to put your R2 down, your opponent has to like try and hedge against like where you might put them. And that's the worst part about playing against R2 in my mind is yeah, like, is. is like if I have to deploy my entire army before you put R2D2 down, that makes, I have to make some really tough decisions before I even know what's going on, you know? Um, and so like, I might throw like a strike team or two strike teams, like along, like, you know, way down my battle lines deployment away from my army, just to be like, I need something over here to deal with R2 if you set them up, right? Um, yeah, I th to me, the kind of threat of deployment of R2 is the biggest thing. Yep. I dig that a lot. I think it's just um, a lot of people, the seminal complaint is that he commands more than his points worth of attention because he's an alternate win condition, which, you know, I sort of, I sort of agree, but, you know, trying to keep it in the deployment tactics thing. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're the not R2 player, 
you know, a lot of this starts with letting your opponent not get good um, R2 deployments. So stay away from danger close, stay away from disarray, stay away from battle lines, try to get like long march or major offensive or something where R2's approach angles are easily covered by your army. Um, a lot of times you can sort of deploy uh, your army on major offensive in a way that the panhandle can be covered as well as the sort of like upper, I don't know what you call that upper side, the pot, I guess, um, that, that sort of square. Um, uh, so basically what I'm trying to say here is you just need to be aware of, of your deployment zone, uh, where the line of side blockers are, where your opponent could actually put R2, you know, what paths could he have to this deployment zone? And it's a lot of tank time in turn one, unfortunately, or turn zero, unfortunately. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's another discussion. Like, is this good for the game that we have this unit that requires you to tank in turn zero, <laughs> you know, cause we can't, you know, you can't, you can't both have units that need a lot of thinking and want to have a complete game in a short amount of time, I think, unless you lower the overall activation count somehow, but, but anyway, um, yeah, just try to try to get deployments that are narrow for your opponent, like uh, short edge to short edge, essentially. Heck, even advanced positions can be bad for R2 under certain circumstances. Yeah, I mean, there's basically two scenarios. Either you're in a situation where you're playing short edge to short edge or sort of diagonally. And in that situation, you, you may not have to make a decision between like, do I want a given unit to engage with the main objective and my opponent's main army, or do I want them to chase down R2? You can often do both if you're playing short edge to short edge or diagonally, which is why we sort of stress on this cast that if you don't have R2 in your list, you should just have those deployments in your deck and not think twice about it. Um, but if you are playing like a long edge to long edge deployment, like battle lines or disarray or danger close, uh, you might have to make a decision where it's like, all right, every given unit I put down, is this unit going to be involved in the game or is this unit going to be chasing R2? Um, and, uh, you, you know, sometimes if you have like speeder units that are fast and can chase them down, they can kind of do both because you can do chase down r2 thing and then they can come back and be involved in the main fight at some point in the game but if you're running you know like a more static list that doesn't have a lot of mobile units in it you're you kind of have to commit to that decision when you place a unit down and it's really hard to know like what to do there sometimes you might even just have to sort of punt that r2 victory point and be like all right i'm just going to win on the main objective um so yeah it's definitely case by case Anybody got a, yeah yeah more, any more on R two? Yeah, nah, yeah, me. All right, so we do have role specific considerations on this list. I think we should punt that to next week because I feel like that could be a lengthy, completely separate topic. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I think next week's going to also be just a pretty lengthy cast. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, with mini extravaganza and everything kind of debriefing going on, hopefully we'll get sweet new reveals and all that jazz. But we'll see. My hopes are high, but I'm I'm prepared to be disappointed. Well, I mean, watch it! Watch it! Just be a restock of Boba Fett with the curved peg instead of the straight clear peg, and that's that's it. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. Uh, but I also like that's more than Armada got. So okay. Yeah, I know. I... <laughs> Chose the right game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Uh twitch.tv slash Gavin Base. Watch it. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, finals soonish. Gavin Base on YouTube. Yeah. Check it out. Do Monster it. Star open games. Yep. Yeah, go check out David's stuff. Are you are you yeah. um are you streaming any other live events coming up here? Yes. Uh well mm, mm, it's not <laughs> completely confirmed. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will be present. Maybe I will be present at SoCal Open. Whether I stream it is not yet decided. Sure, 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 sure. Noted. Yeah. Stay tuned. Go Stay check tuned. out Yavin Base on Twitch and I'm sure you'll know. You will know. Yeah. It it will be announced many times if I am covering SoCal or not. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, watch Mini Stravaganza this weekend. And uh, stay fresh. Sorry. I'm totally out of order here. Um, (laughs) We are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. Jay? I'm David, or I was one. Yes, yeah. you were. I was waiting for you to get in there. Thanks. <laughs> you still are, buddy. Oh, you thanks. still are. Appreciate it. I would have uh, worn my shirt, but my infant son spit up all over it. Oh, mm. oh. yeah. I, I know what I know what that's like. You know. I still go. I still go to work sometimes, and I'll have like yogurt or oatmeal or something on my dress shirt for uh, yeah. work, and just not be aware of it. And my opponent, my uh, my coworker, will look at me funny, and I'll be like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. Anyway, dad life. Hashtag dad life. Um, Stay fresh, cheese guys. Bye.